So we just have a fresh off the presses update that concerns our old friend Eric Alper. We're going to have to hand out some Pinocchios. I mean, truthfully, this uh, concerns Dolly Parton more than Eric Alper, but he's just been spreading misinformation for so many years about this very uh, well-known trivia tidbit that I think he needs to be held accountable. Yep, that's yeah, right. Yeah, fresh off the press today, March 3rd, Dolly Parton dispels the myth that Jolene and I Will Always Love You were written on the same day on Clubhouse. Mm. I'm still not really sure what Clubhouse is, but if she's on there, it must be a big deal. They were certainly written within a very short span of time, Dolly said, as she went through her archive a few years ago and found the demos on the same cassette. So I guess that originated a few years ago from her. Or maybe a journalist uh, paraphrasing her. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. But they were not, in fact, written on the same day. But a certain Eric Alper would have you believe otherwise. How many, yeah, times, how many times has he posted how, this? How many times has he made that claim, Alex? Uh, let's see. June 2019, June 2020, November 2020, another one in November 2020, (laughs) uh, June 2021, July 2021, Mm. November 2021. It's interesting that it's only in the summer and in November. November Mm. 28, (laughs) 2021, and then January 19th of this year. So that's what, seven or eight times that he's contributed misinformation to the discourse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poisoning. We have, the well. we have to call upon him now to go through and clean up his feed of any kind of misinformation that he's just spreading willy nilly out there. He has some responsibility to the people that he claims he's interested in the opinions of. Yeah, there's good misinformation and bad misinformation. Like good misinformation is like um, Ozzy Osbourne's crypto bats will appreciate and value. That's good because. It makes Ozzy feel good and it makes Sharon feel good, you know? And then bad misinformation is like like what Alper is throwing out, which is that these songs were written on the same day, which they clearly were not, you know? Yeah, once you learn the truth, you get really sad. I didn't good know that Alper wanted to make us so sad. Good misinformation would be something like Eric Alper tweeting three times a year that Rod Stewart had to have his stomach pumped because he had two <laughs> gallons of semen and some of it was dog semen, according to the hospital. <laughs> Or uh, Richard Gere had a gerbil in his asshole. If he tweeted stuff like that, that would be good misinformation. Mm -hmm. But saying that Dolly Parton wrote those two songs on the same day when, in fact, it was the same week, that just doesn't warrant stretching the truth. It's uh, One could argue it's just plain evil of him. Yeah, he should be tweeting stuff like, uh, Marilyn Manson, on this day in 1997, Marilyn Manson got his rib removed. (laughs) That's the good misinformation. Yeah. On this day in 2004, Marilyn Manson coughed up a piece of lung tissue the size of a hamster. You know, that's like, that's good misinformation. Then I was going to say that he wrote two songs in one day, but I couldn't name any Marilyn Manson song from 2004 onward. (laughs) Uh, I Put a Spell on You and um, uh, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. He wrote both of those songs in the same day. Uh, The Happy Birthday, (laughs) Mr. President song. I think that was Marilyn Manson. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, Marilyn Manson like jumped out of a birthday cake for JFK. He didn't write the happy birthday song, but he did add the word president to it and was the first person to sing it in a sexy voice. Yeah, JFK said it's it's his song now. I only remember his covers. Like he did that Eurythmics cover. Yep, Sweet Dreams. Which was so lame. He, he decided to do Eurythmics, but make it like sort of Nine Inch Nails-ish a little bit, mm-hmm. which Garbage already did. Yep, that's right. They really already it. did that. That's the Eurythmics if you add like a tiny bit of industrial sound to it. But he thought he could do it by singing really slow. And look what happened to him. <laughs> he lost the rhythm. Yeah, that is such a lame idea. Like, uh, It's like being like, I'm going to cover Man Who Sold the World exactly the way Nirvana did it. That's what ska bands always do. Yep. Ska bands love covering the real big fish cover of Take On Me. <laughs> and honestly, it's kind of cool. It's like uh, something you don't see in that style of music a lot. Like uh, early rock and rollers would do that. Like, oh, they found a cool way to cover a Smokey Robinson song. Let's just do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Becomes like a version. Yeah. I think in early rock, it was just uh, a matter of churning out so much material so fast. Well, they only they hadn't discovered enough riffs yet, so 
That's why all yeah, those early true. rock and roll songs sound exactly the same. They have enough cool pedals to just make like a shoegaze version lazily, you know? Yeah, exactly. Nobody, they should make a movie like that. That stupid movie about like the Beatles never existed and the kid just makes all the Beatles songs. They should do that with My Bloody Valentine. <laughs> but it's like the 1960s and no one's ready for it. You do it way too early. Or like yeah, Thomas and everyone's Edison. Just like, this is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Tesla. Like not the band, the yeah. guy. He records it onto a, an Edison wax cylinder and then plays it for people and they think it's just this horrible machine humming that cover <laughs> yeah, their ears. Totally. Like, what is this horrible mechanical noise? Edison. <laughs> What's this horrible device? Edison, your sound reproduction device does not work. It's opened a portal to hell. <laughs> Edison's trying to explain. No, you grab good. the tremolo bar while you're strumming and you kind of just move it up and down. Yeah. Tarred and feathered. The last track is pretty groovy, but this is demonic. <laughs> So I think we've spent enough time censuring Eric Alper. Now we need to move on to another update, which is we claimed that we're going to start giving like a stock ticker style update about um, crypto bats Bat for check. a while until we get bored of doing it. So here we are. I mean, let's look. I mean, so when this thing debuted in January, the average price of a crypto bat was 2.2 ETH. Okay. And it's been almost entirely down. There was like a little uptick at the very beginning of February, but it's been almost all downhill from there. For March 3rd, we're looking at an average price of 0.38 ETH for a crypto bat. So we're it's lost the vast majority of its value in less than two months. Hmm. If you bought one of these, you paid like $7,000 for it, and now you can sell it for $800. It's, it's, about, the yeah, ri- it's about the ride though, right? You know, and it's just about owning. It's about owning that cool piece of art. Can you really, <laughs> can you really put a price on art? I mean, you can. Nope. I don't. But I don't think we should even try, even though that's the only point of uh, NFTs is to put the price point on them. One yeah, of the I've, traits these can have are red Aussie hair. <laughs> what? I don't remember him having hair. It's just. The bat has red hair. Maybe it's like when you get a shiny Pokemon. If you get a shiny Ozzy Osbourne, he has red hair. <laughs> yeah, I got a shiny Ozzy. I got a shiny Sharon. <laughs> shiny Ozzy sounds like the I like just a disgusting British slang. Yeah, yeah. it really does. Oh, I might. I got a shiny. Need a Aussie. bird who can do a shiny Ozzy. Yeah. That should be a thing though. Uh, one out of every thousand times you go to a show, you get a shiny variant of the band. And so fans just keep soft resetting before the show starts to try to get the shiny one to appear. Dude, I saw Shiny Wolf Parade in 2008. Bloop. Bloop. Also, I would like it's impossible to finish scrolling through this. Like I've been scrolling for so long, but in the listings of crypto bets, I would wager that there's thousands for sale right now. And mm. considering that there's 9,666 total, I'm just guessing a like I mean I guess I couldn't guess because I'm not going to scroll forever but a huge percentage of the total amount of bats are all on sale. You you heard it here first, folks. Uh, crypto bats, it's a buyer's market right now. Yeah, that's right. I think it'd be smart to spend thousands of dollars on these right now. There's nowhere to go but up. Can't lose. If you have eight hundred and thirty-five dollars and you have enough to cover the gas fee, you can get one of these. <laughs> that's and right. it can't go lower than eight hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> could you imagine? Can, yeah, can you imagine a crypto bat being under eight hundred? There's just no reason to justify such bargain bin prices. Unthinkable, man. Unthinkable. No, imagine parting with one of those for under a thousand. I couldn't. I couldn't imagine it. It's just like, man, I, we kind of touched on it in the episode where we talked about it in more depth. But it's so hard to imagine owning one of these and showing it to someone else and then being like, "Damn, that's awesome." <laughs> <laughs> You know those Craigslist ads in in the music equipment section where it's just clearly somebody trying to get rid of like just a bunch of obsolete shit from their studio. So it'll just say uh, studio sale, many items or like musical instruments. And you click through the link and it's just like, uh, I don't know, Kurzweil, like something that costs $6,000 in 1982 that uh, does a barely a good approximation of like a grand piano. And weighs like yeah. forty pounds. It's like Kurtzwell uh, uh, electric piano MIDI DSP, uh, five dollars. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, early Korg Triton, like two hundred bucks. I'm just imagining one of those with just crypto bats. 
<laughs> or a Cor- like, Korg Triton with red Aussie hair. Korg Triton with red Aussie hair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Must yeah. buy the entire cave at once. Limited edition blue micro Korg and and uh, crypto bat. <laughs> yeah, selling both of them together. Like you get five crypto bats and this old micro Korg. You get those. Bucks. You get those Dan Electro pedals that are supposed to look like a Cadillac, and they're really small, and they have the knobs on the front. <laughs> Even um, from going on Ozzy's Instagram, I saw, like, he posted about the mutant bats. Yeah. And most of the comments are extremely negative. Oh, no. Ozzy, please stop this madness. Whoa. 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 And then everyone's just joking, like, cool pics, I'll be sure to screenshot. How could he stop it now? What's he going to do? Yeah. (laughs) He could only make the price go down further. Yeah, exactly. Like, fuck crypto bats. Get out of crypto bats. Like, how's, how's that going to help if he says that? I don't understand how NFT... I mean, I do kind of understand how NFTs work, but I'm imagining Ozzy, <laughs> Ozzy ruining the NFT market by uh, adding the, the bat bite, like, mutant function and it just spreading like a virus, <laughs> like, at, yeah. <laughs> through all these wallets. Like just even if you don't, these, even if you don't buy the Aussie bat, it's just it's just fucking ruining your ape and devaluing it. Yeah, all the apes from the Red Ape Family TV show got bit by a bat, and now they can't uh, perform anymore. Yeah, that's right. They're they don't not, look recognizable to the massive legion of fans of the Red Ape Family. They're not funny anymore. They all have red Aussie hair. The main character forgot how to say his catchphrase. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I looked up Aussie on in Eric Alper's tweet archive. And I found one. Ozzy Osbourne failed his driving test 18 times. He eventually passed after 30 years of trying at 60 years old. To celebrate, he bought himself a Ferrari, but later crashed it and decided to give give up on driving completely. <laughs> that's pretty I don't amazing. Think that's true. Actually. Yeah, is this I more disinformation? Yeah, we can't trust Eric Alper anymore to give us the the straight facts. He's probably posting, "Oh, the Beatles recorded Abbey Road in 1962." Disinformatia. Yeah, Putin got to him. He did. He's doing, he's doing Putin's work out there on the internet, spreading lies. Yeah, undermining the great canon of Western music by just uh, sharing all these falsehoods. <laughs> oh, man, I found maybe the best uh, reply to that Aussie NFT thing yet, where this is a fan just really trying to be kind about not liking it. <laughs> not going to buy it, but I love the effort put into this ad. <laughs> that is the equivalent. That's a good attitude. That is the equivalent of like, you guys are seem like you're having a lot of fun up there. Um, did you have fun up there? <laughs> exactly. A lot of great show. Uh, <laughs> a lot of energy up there, guys. Love yeah, to see you it. You really had fun talking about these NFTs, it seems like. Yeah. Really good beat. Yeah. <laughs> you guys had a great backbeat. Great backbeat. <laughs> That's a great thing to say to a band like Wolf Parade. I really like the beat. Yeah, totally. <laughs> cool beats. How low would crypto bats have to be for us to buy one ironically? Oh man. Um hmm. I would spend like $30 maybe on a crypto bat. I would be afraid of someone stealing it. What if someone stole my bat? Because <laughs> apparently OpenSea is really easy to just fish people. They can just send something to your wallet that executes code and then they empty out your shit. If someone stole my bat, I would lose it. I, I would have a meltdown on Twitter. I would be upset if my bat bit one of my other many NFTs and mutated it, you know? I would be ups- yeah, I very- would be upset if the bat bit my board ape and it bimbofied that board ape. Yeah. <laughs> That would piss me off. I think that's probably like an inevitable uh, evolution of the mutant bat thing. Oh, just like bimbification. Yeah. Yeah. Someone is actually going to do that within like six months. Somebody's doing that right now. They must be, right? Apparently, Ozzy also has a plush toy that's a bat and you can pull the head off. It's Velcro. Oh, no. At least that's something you can do something with. It has like... Uh, like a party novelty gimmick. It's like a big mouth billy bass or something where it has like a marginal amount of novelty. It just seems like the bat should be getting this money. Yeah, like reparations for what he's done to Like when OJ published If I Did It (laughs) and uh, he had to give the money to the Goldman family. Like he should have to give money to bat preservation or something. If he's making all this money off an animal that he killed in cold blood. God, I remember- In front of people. when OJ released If I Did It, 
I wrote a column for the college newspaper also about what if I did it, like if I murdered uh, Nicole Simpson. <laughs> I would have been way smarter about it. Yeah, well, seriously, if, if OJ didn't do it, then I have just as much claim to write about that as he does, right? Like neither of us did it. So I don't see why anyone would run to read his account over my account. That is true. But, uh, you know, speaking of novelty purchases like these crypto bats, Dan, you came across another excellent novelty purchase on Craigslist down there in New Orleans. Oh, yes. Uh, I was scrolling I was scrolling through Craigslist because uh, I wanted to see if uh, I could buy like a specific cassette four track, um, Tascam 242. Uh, anyway... Uh, Imagine my surprise when I found the best guitar ever made. It's a Fender Squire. And if that's not good enough, it's a Miller Lite Fender Squire in the box. So cool. It's so cool. I'm going to I'm going to pull it up and look at it again. Do you remember if it said what year it was made because that seems to me like something that would only happen in the 90s or early 2000s. Hold up. But I could okay. be wrong. I got it. Uh it's a 2004 Fender okay, Squire okay. Stratocaster. Strat, new inbox, Miller Lite in all caps, beer, not in caps, electric guitar in all caps, limited edition in all caps. Man. And uh, this is a vintage 1954 original Leo Fender Miller High Life guitar. That's right. <laughs> yeah, this is actually the first Strat ever made was a Squire with Miller Lite logo on it. They took it off later because it wasn't selling. It's yeah. the coolest Because <laughs> the beer wasn't thing. out yet. Apparently, this gar- guitar was only given to dealers and distributors of uh, Miller Lite, presumably in some Squire Miller Lite like um, partnership that lasted briefly. God, it's what so perfect for that to be in New Orleans, too. Like, just displayed on the wall of a bar, probably, right? Yeah, or, you know, uh, maybe there was a Miller Lite uh, Fender amp that you could plug it into and have your patrons just, like, rip (laughs) rip some sweet solos. Turn it into a guitar center where everyone's just playing Led Zeppelin while you're trying to drink a beer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How to make your bar awful to work at. (laughs) Um, But, Charles, I was asking you, I I want to ask both of you guys, what is the first riff that you play on the Miller Lite Fender uh, Strato Squire? I think the the uh, Coors beer commercial about twins. <laughs> Even though it's the wrong beer, it just feels aesthetically right. The guitar is set up so you can't play that series of notes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like if you try and play the Budweiser Frog thing, uh, the guitar gets really hot and you drop it. It's like It's kind of funny, I guess, because Miller just seems to have the shittiest repertoire of like rockin' jingles. Because everything I'm thinking of is like the Budweiser Clydesdales, the Budweiser Frogs, the Coors song about twins. Like, I can't really think of like a Miller banger. Yeah, Steve wh- Miller band. There you go. They were the house band for Miller for a long time. That's what I would play. When Steve... That's a, he actually took the... That's a stage name that he took after the beer. When Steve Miller... That would be sick if he had done that. That's what Yakov <laughs> Smirnoff did. Exactly. That's not his real name. When Steve Miller said, abracadabra, I'm going to reach out and grab you, what he was talking about was an ice-cold Miller Lite. Yeah, it is magic. (laughs) It's a magical drinking experience. I don't think you could disprove that theory. We don't spread disinformation like uh, certain other internet pundits. Yeah. We're just asking questions, but we're not going to outright spread disinformation. Yeah. But, like, Dan, that, that posting, like... The more I think about it, the more I'm like, man, you need to just actually buy it. It'd be so I, cool. I actually that. fucking do because it's how much is it? Ooh. I thought it was a hundred dollars cheaper. Hmm. Okay. How much is it? It's three hundred and ninety-five dollars. Which seems, Oh man, like four that is a lot. That's a lot of money for Miller Lite. Sucks, man. I really want like I don't know what to do with it, but I really kind of want it. I was saying you gotta give it we to need- Branson. Yeah, because I bet it would. We look, need to just get like. It would we need look like really three or small. four friends. Yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, it would be really good for an E one bit, probably. We just need like three or four of us willing to pay a hundred dollars each, and then uh, it's like being divorced, where we each get it on like certain weekends and stuff. Yeah, exactly. You rotate the guitar. We gotta crowdfund it. Man, it is so cool. Apparently, Steve Miller owns four hundred and fifty guitars. So statistically, stupid. probably one of them is the Miller High or Miller Lite guitar. Yeah, <laughs> one out of every 450 guitars on Earth has the Miller Lite logo on it. That's right. That's true. 
I wonder if Camel ever made guitars because they in the early two thousands around the same time they were really into sponsoring um, rock shows. Camel Red. Oh, that'd be so sick. They sponsored the band Camel, the Krautrock band. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they tried to sponsor thought... Wolf Parade, and we said no. Oh, you told us that story, I yeah. think, on some episode. Yeah. I found a lot of things on Google of Joe Camel playing guitar, but I can't find a guitar with Camel cigarettes on it. Yeah, let me see. I found a pic. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I, saw, I found that pic, too, but... Yeah, no, There's also like something Joe called Camel the Hard Paul guy, where he's playing guitar, but... Can't find Camel-branded guitars. Good for them. Oh, you know what they did, though, is the opposite of what we're saying, where there were Camel cigarettes where the the package of the cigarettes looked like a guitar. Uh, okay. One of the results right. is on r slash cigarettes, which is one of the saddest places on the internet. <laughs> and it's someone posting a picture of them holding up a pack of Camel Blues in front of their new guitar, which is a, a Les Paul on the stand in the middle of the a hardwood floor in the room. New pack of cigarettes, a new guitar I got yesterday in the mail for my birthday, and they were all out of American Spirit, so I went with my other favorite brand of cigarettes, Camel Blue. My top three favorite brand of cigarettes are American Spirit, Buell, and Camel Blue, and sometimes Marlboro Lights. Buell? What is... Man, that is just an... I don't recognize Buell. (laughs) I think he meant Yeah, me neither. Oh, okay. Uh, Oh, Camel, that is, camel, um, blue. camel blue. An extraordinarily lonely person to be explaining all of that into the void. Yeah, it's it oh man. I've looked at that subreddit before and it sucks. It's just people posting a picture of them like alone in their car, like smoking cigarettes. <laughs> I mean, I laugh just but having that, some smokes. Like, I oh man. I used to Go love to smoking cigs. I, I probably, you know, I, I could have been I could have been lurking on those forums wondering if I should post. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's that's like the real threshold to cross is going from lurking to posting yourself sitting there alone smoking a cigarette. Hey guys. Yeah. Check it out. That's probably what that guy did. He was like, I'm not gonna make my first post until I have something good. Exactly. Until I have yeah. cigarettes <laughs> and a guitar. Yeah. Got a pack of You can cross post it in our guitars. Got a pack of players light and uh and a double double from Tim's. I'm standing in the uh parking lot here at Red Deer. Just thought I'd snap a pick. <laughs> Just post it like you buy like a carton of cigarettes, a box of condoms, a Les Paul, uh, you know, like 10 fifths of vodka. You just photograph it all together and you post it in 10 different subreddits and be like, please pay attention to me. Yes. I will find my friends somehow. Hey, if you like anything in this picture, hit me up. Yeah. <laughs> See something really blowing you like. up in r slash Smirnoff. <laughs> and. I can't stop thinking about that Miller Lite guitar, though. I really want it. It's just slightly too expensive for a bit, but it's so cool. Yeah, it's a $400 bit. You gotta, you know, you gotta hope that the bit lands. I searched Eric Alper for Steve Miller to see if there was any interesting stories in there, but there aren't. But I found the oldest tweet mentioning Steve Miller also mentions Wolf Parade. New dates announced in Halifax, (laughs) 2010. Nice. (laughs) Ah, amazing. I remember that show. That's when we uh, we played Expo '86 uh, before it came out. Pretty much, I think, in its entirety. Nice. Thanks, Eric. Now I want to start looking through. <laughs> I want to start looking through Eric's tweets. You keep that up, and you'll be famous one day. Les Paul to five-year-old Steve Miller hearing him play guitar for the first time. Wow, the guitar talked to him. I don't know if I can believe that one either from him. You know? Yeah, I don't believe. How is the guitar going to talk to him? Uh, I don't know. I think Steve was. Uh, He's smoking the jazz cabbage a lot, you know. Maybe he thought the guitar yeah. He was... must have been pretty high if he thought the guitar was speaking. Maybe he had a talk box on it. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody was pranking him. They connected the talk box to the guitar. Someone was in the closet. Yeah, putting putting their hands around their mouth and pretending to be a ghost to him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Eric Alper had a recent one about Nate from October of last year. Oh no way! Is Nate blocked by Eric Alper? I don't think so, because Nate's locked. <laughs> like Nate's been locked for months. So. Smart. Still um, this, just a very smart poster. But uh, Alper tweeted, Fun lead singer Nate Roos laid down vocals for Love You More in a fuzzy white sweater as per Young Thug's dress code. That one we can verify is true. No Pinocchios on that one. That was a good song. Yep. 
I should, I clicked on that and Josiah's in the comments saying source. <laughs> Good for Josiah. He's been holding Alper accountable long before us even, you know? <laughs> yeah, you should really needed. have footnotes. If it's something that happened in Canada, I do trust Eric Alper. I don't think he would lie about that. But if it's something that happened in another country, I don't trust him. Yeah, fair enough. He, he was wrong about Dolly Parton. Probably wrong about Ozzy. Yeah, that Ferrari story needs verification. We should start testing him by having Nate feed uh, fake stories about himself to Alper and see if he runs with them. Wait, what was that website back at the start of uh, the Trump administration that was supposed to be like just, it was social media, but truthful? Was it Veritas? Oh, Verit? Verit, I think? Verit, yeah. Yeah, we need Verit, but for like the music community. Yeah. (laughs) There should be an NFT attached to every music fact. So it can be verified by the blockchain. That's right. I hope Dolly Parton makes an NFT so people sour on her. Yeah. <laughs> she needs to be canceled a little bit. I've had enough. I can't. I, I love it. She's great. Don't cancel Dolly. You know, uh, I, she is great, but she's almost in Betty White territory. She's getting there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. right. She needs to do something that's just like abrasive, like not even necessarily like NFTs, but just something that, uh, she needs to like act like she needs to put out a metal machine music. Yes. Yeah. There we go. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. It's do just like enough a, to like do, annoy. She should do a super homophobic but... album with the baby <laughs> and Buju Banton. <laughs> well, or she could just rip off Eminem from twenty years ago of say homophobic shit on an album and then do a live performance with Elton John to like whitewash it. Yes. Yeah. Have Elton John on there too. That would be awesome. Man. I really want that Miller Lite guitar. Hmm. Hmm. We need to find enough people who want to um, share custody. You know, like what can we do with it? Uh, we can write music. We kind uh, of we can make jokes. Yeah, but it's a squire, so it's probably it's probably the action is like terrible, and the neck is like warped. Yeah, you got to get it worked on. Yeah, so I mean, there's the sticker price. You can always swap out the neck too. And then there's the work. Yeah, we could swap out the. That's neck. true. Drop out the neck, the pickups, everything. They'll spend like $1,000 on this guitar to make it playable. You could also paint the Miller High or a Miller Light logo on your own guitar. I was just going to say <laughs> that. Do you point. think it would be cheaper to professionally have the Miller Light logo painted on your own guitar or <laughs> to buy this guitar and fix it up into a playable state? Oh, that's a good point. But I think that that guitar is just not meant to be played. It's meant to be a novelty in a bit. <laughs> but I don't know what bit yet, you know? Although it is really funny, like imagining a band that would play that. It's really tough. Even like country rock, they have a little bit too much self awareness. Like even like kid rock or something, I think he has too much self awareness to do that. But I don't know. Maybe yeah. he would. Yeah. I'm just a kid mi- rock is touring with Foreigner now. Oh, really? I saw an article about that. Yeah. He's on the tour with Foreigner and then uh, John Bonham's son and Grand Funk Railroad. And they're just telling him not to be political at all. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, he's... Nobody's supposed to talk about politics. I, I thought he kind of laid out his uh, his red lines with his last single, you know? You're not supposed to tell him what to do. Yeah, that's a good point. Of Is he not going to perform his recent hit singles that are that topped the iTunes charts? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Ba Wada Ba was an anti-communist anthem. We just didn't realize it at the time because we didn't know what Ba Wada Ba meant. That's right. It's down with Bolshevism. It's a German I wonder, word. <laughs> I think the the uh, Miller Lite guitar would be great in the hands of like a guitar tech who wants to quit really badly. Where it'd be great if you're just like, you know, Radiohead's guitar tech, and you just hand them the Miller Lite guitar mid set, and it's like, here you go. <laughs> this is it. This is all you got. Knock yourself out. Just make them play it. Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. Wait for the biggest gig. Wait for the next Live Aid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they do a Live Aid for Ukraine. Yes. That's what they did to Led Zeppelin during the first Live Aid, where their uh, guitar tech didn't tune the guitar, and they just handed it to him. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> Here you go, man. I didn't know that. I don't think I've ever watched those shows. Are they any good? Like, I honestly have no idea. I think the Queen one is supposed to be good. The Queen one is good, yeah. If you like I kind of really like Queen that much. It's, like, a, it's a pretty good performance, I gotta say. I like a lot of their stuff, but their hits are very grating to me. And some of the hits are good. I mean, basically, the, hit, the hits I like are just like, uh, 
We Will Rock You. I mean, that's a, that's a really pretty flawless song, despite being like a cliche because it was so popular. But the fact that like the guitar only comes in at the end and the tone is like way cooler than you expect it to be. Like that song is structured in like a really unique way. That is a cool move. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a fan of Another One Bites the Dust. Not a bad song. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's a good one. A backwards piano. Nice. Yeah. But that's another band that could have benefited from a Miller Lite guitar. Did Doritos make a guitar? I wonder. <laughs> they used to give out those weird picks that were shaped like a Dorito and didn't really work right. Yeah, that's right. Oh, there was a Budweiser guitar. Oh, no. That's, that's kind of unsurprising. It was made by Dean in the late 80s. Oh. It was only around for a short time before Dean was sued by Bo Diddley for the similar body design. I'm, I'm looking at uh, Doritos.com uh, Epiphone pick uh, collab right now, which is looking pretty gnarly. What a dumb pick. It is enormous, first of all. And it has a tiny, tiny blurry picture of a Dorito on it. Yeah, I remember these. They were so big. That's huge. It's like a, it's like shark fin shape too, kind of. So I found that Budweiser guitar, and now I found a series of four fake acoustic guitars with different Budweiser designs. <laughs> They're music and memories guitar sculptures. Ooh. They're $50 each or two installments of $25. Can you imagine buying fake Budweiser guitars on an installment plan? <laughs> it's hard to know which, one is, which ones of these are fake. Yeah, like I found a, a Dorito guitar, but it looks like it's a Photoshop. Yeah, that thing looks wild, actually. There was a Bud Light guitar that was apparently official. It was promotional, but it basically just had the Bud Light logo in the upper left corner of the guitar body. Very lazy. <laughs> oh, just a standard blue strap. Oh, dude, I found something. I found something good. I found the uh, Fender Corona Beer acoustic guitar. Cor oh, cool. Corona, unplug your summer. And it is uh, a really cheap looking acoustic, six string acoustic guitar that has two palm trees on it and some of the gnarliest font I've seen and the Corona logo just kind of haphazardly splashed upon the body. It is $129 available from Capital Guitars in Minneapolis. Ooh, maybe I should oh, buy I that see one. This now. Yeah, this That's looks horrible. Reasonable. Yeah, looks bad, right? Unplug your summer. What does that even mean? It's somehow it like a bad thing. It's somehow like less than the sum of its parts. Like Corona, <laughs> pretty good beer. A guitar, kind of cool. Palm trees, they're nice. Put them all together, looks like shit, you know? So wouldn't you want to electrify your summer rather than unplugging your summer? Maybe no, dude, you want to chill. Guitar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Fender had to make it that Fender already Summer makes unplugged. guitars in Mexico. They could have done they could have done the Corona the Corona electric version. This is a failure of advertising on both Fender and Corona's part. Oh, oh, cool! There's a Corona light Les Paul, very sweet. Oh hell yeah! I found a decorative uh, Miller Light guitar for sixty five bucks. <laughs> One of the decorations would actually be kind of cool to have the neon yeah. signs. You know who? Oh, here's another Squire for two twenty five. You can Ooh. get a better deal out there. Damn. Sorry, what's up? What were you gonna say? Uh, I was gonna say uh, I was like, I bet Jack Daniels has made a couple of guitars, and I am not wrong. I was like, there was a Coors Light guitar in the eighties. No way. Another one by Dean. Dean had a run of beer guitars. <laughs> I love strapping on my beer guitar and playing a show, playing rock and roll music. I'm gonna Google image search weed guitar. Oh, shit. Dude, you're in trouble. Yep, there we go. There's a lot of that. There's actually a, a marijuana leaf playing an acoustic guitar. <laughs> I see that one. That's good. <laughs> what? A lot of guitars probably just doing the DJ bongs. Khaled just going blang, blang, blang. Oh, there's Tommy Chong playing a guitar that's shaped like a weed leaf. Hell yeah. All right, well, we kind of... Um, I'm not sure which one of these guitars is the coolest design. I still think, Dan, just finding that one in the wild, I still think that's the best one. That Miller, it's kind of a vintage Miller Lite logo on that one. Yeah, there's something about it. I mean, Miller's logo game in 2004, maybe we didn't know it then, but looking back at it, it looks pretty bad. Like, yeah. 
it gives me it gives me a very specific like immediately post 9-11 feeling of like normal american culture and and that is um that is a bad feeling for me to go and revisit but i think also that it's hilarious and i think we should buy it yeah that feeling is worth four hundred dollars to revisit yeah did you ever see the Budweiser ad where the horses are kneeling for the Twin Towers? <laughs> yeah, I think we've talked about that before. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Man, that's that's the perfect segment of that culture. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all contained there. That would be so sick to have on a guitar, the uh the Clydesdales kneeling. Oh like I, on your pit guard. I just had a thought. I want to see if this exists, but um, horse guitar. Let's see. Mm. Oh, there's one shaped like a horse. That's awesome. It kind of looks like a child's rocking horse. Okay, yeah, there's a 911 guitar. <laughs> Les Paul's personally owned and donated 911 guitar. It's like it's firefighters raising uh raising the American flag. It looks kind of oh, it's kind of hard to tell, but these firefighters are looking a little Tom of Finland to me. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> I think um now we've truly found the best use for the High Life uh, or the Miller Lite guitar is having a band where one guitarist has the 911 guitar and the other one has the Miller Lite guitar. Yes. <laughs> That's a true early 2000s uh, American experience. Absolutely. Fender put out a 10 year 911 anniversary guitar. <laughs> no, they did not. <laughs> yeah, they did. The Fender Custom Shop. They put out a trio of custom Whoa, Stratocaster it's custom guitars. Shop too? So yeah. they're like. How expensive were they? Like two grand? Probably. It doesn't have God, the price, but that sucks. It has like a police line do not cross across it. And then it has a, a fake police badge. Oh. And like what I assume is the fire badge and all the other stuff on there. Oh. Man. Although not a guitarist, Clark conceived of the guitars in the mid 2000s after receiving an invitation to a New York Notes for Hope fundraising banquet for the city's September 11th memorial and museum. So it, apparently, it's a Minnesota firefighter. Okay. It it was a guy who was on the scene of the World Trade Center. Okay. At the time, but he's not a guitarist. But he thought a good way to honor it would be to make the guitar <laughs> with police line "Do Not Cross" on it. God All right. damn. Man. <laughs> oh, he's a longtime friend of Eric Clapton. I see. Well, there you go. Okay, that explains it all. How do you become... You should have some... Yeah. Like, the, keep, the police tape on it is trying to keep immigrants out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This is my Blue Lives Matter guitar signed by Eric Clapton. You know, I feel like in the past we've done uh, more episodes where we start with um, the less fun part and then it becomes fun at the end. But this time we're doing the opposite, where we have fun, and then now we're going to go into the less fun part. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, uh, yeah, I feel like we got to just uh, talk for a bit about the Epic Games purchase of Bandcamp. Very, I don't, it's, I don't know. It's actually like maybe less terrible than it seemed at first, but probably not good either. It's, I, I think it's actually kind of hard to interpret what it actually means yet. I think... No matter what, how Epic Games changes Bandcamp, it's going to be worse for artists by the time they're done with it, you know? Yeah, I think that's probably a fair thing to assume. The question is just how much worse. Like, like is it going to be so bad that they just destroy it? Or is it going to be marginally worse, but they improve some other, like, user uh, interface kind of things, you know? Like, it's well, hard to say. Well, one of the alarm bells, uh, which is not mentioned in that pitchfork article about this that we both read that we all read but uh one of the things that stuck out to me is that that, that article doesn't mention the fact that so tencent owns epic and tencent also has uh the third biggest share of uh spotify so yeah so it's something like 40 percent of epic too so it's uh, like not a majority share, yeah not a close, majority you know? share but yeah so so tencent is definitely winning here um I think Yeah, exactly. Like I think like the obvious thing that's happening that that I I really think what they're going to roll out is some kind of fucked up integration um where if you upload your stuff to Bandcamp, you then sign some kind of like uh I don't, I don't know, this is just a prediction, but you can sign some kind of publishing deal where like they your your music then gets added to a pool that can be pulled for uh consideration for like, you know, 
use on streams or like in video games that they're making because isn't it isn't it the case that like twitch like twitch has like massive issues with like even copyrighted music gets gets copyright strike yeah like there's it's yeah, sometimes like, people can get in trouble for uh just having like Gangnam style play yeah. in a dance in Fortnite. But the thing with Twitch is that it's the three major labels who have intentionally instigated that. Yeah. Where it's not actually like uh, triggered automatically. It's just that the three major labels have decided to just issue thousands of DMCAs to fuck with people. Right. So like as far as independent music is concerned on Bandcamp, no one is going to fuck with you in the same way that you're being fucked with on Twitch. That makes sense. Yeah. But I think you're right that you're still right like that you can see them doing some kind of really ham-handed integration that no one really wants. Yeah, and like... That benefits them more than artists. Yes, exactly. And they'll present that as like, now we've found a way to like, for you to finally monetize your art and like, you know, I, and it'll be, it'll be awful. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's yeah. gonna suck. <laughs> it's like... They should make a way to customize your dances to have your favorite Bandcamp artist in the background. And then that'll <laughs> open the door to people... Uh, making fake bands where they just upload like screaming mm-hmm. that's uh, clipping hard mm-hmm. into Bandcamp and then play that at people. But I think it's worth it. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that is you funny. Like whatever. all those kind of weird incentives you could create through that. Yeah, I was I was thinking about the like how Spotify created this new sort of uh, niche economy of uh, people, you know, trying to benefit off the algorithm, like uh, like you know, all the stuff that we covered like on uh relaxation playlists and stuff like that. Maybe Yeah, Sleepy John. <laughs> Sleepy John, yeah. Maybe if there's um maybe if there's integration, this kind of publishing integration with Epic's like video games, then you know, there'll be there'll be an entire new sort of economy of people trying to write music for dance for Fortnite dances. <laughs> like yeah, like that's yeah. how you make your cash. Like yeah. or annoying sound clips. Or annoying, annoying ten sound ten second sound clips that uh, blow out someone's speakers for no reason. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, those people should be compensated. They're sound artists. I think that like the heartening thing that I hadn't known before, though, that made me less uh, doom and gloom about it is that I had no idea that Epic Games, like in their store, they only take a twelve percent commission from developers. So it's actually their rates are in line with Bandcamp of giving developers like 88% or whatever. Right. That's pretty good. Like that is heartening. Like basically, what is if you think at the end of the day, like what is Bandcamp's niche? Their niche is actually paying artists, right? Like there's so many sites that are just doing the same thing of it's just as easy to put your music on Spotify or whatever. Yeah. But Bandcamp is where you actually make money. And I think the niche of Bandcamp is just the fact that they actually pay you. And at least, at the very least, Epic seems like the right company to not destroy the one fundamental thing that people like. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that with a hundred percent certainty, but knowing that they actually pay their developers similarly makes me think that at least in the medium term, I do think artists will keep making their money anyway. It's incredible how much goodwill you can get as a company just by doing the bare minimum, like paying artists. Yeah. Cause the know, list of companies like, like that is so short yeah. that it's just like, like as we've said before, it's basically just like Bandcamp and Patreon, you know. Yeah, no, that's it. I always like I, I do always worry about that kind of stuff because like uh, Jared Kushner's brother gave a bunch of venture capital to Patreon, and just stuff like that always makes you uneasy. Yeah, and he kind of moved towards like uh, you know we've talked about this on the show before too, like where everything has to everything everything in the digital economy has to try and become everything else right like like uh twitter has to become clubhouse uh patreon has to become uh twitter like although patreon's been kind of good at like not sort of rolling out insane uh half-baked features but like whenever that happens uh i always feel like it just it just kind of doesn't work and everything just gets a little shittier you know yeah absolutely like there's a, there's a sort of I mean beyond like the potential like loss of income for artists which I hope doesn't happen but there's there's like there's like a lack of purpose and this sort of abstract thing that sucks to work with already becomes just a little bit shittier you know yeah I think that is actually a fair um, like prognosis for Bandcamp where the fact that Epic 
gives developers that much makes me think they're not going to fuck with the core payment system, which is really all artists care about at the end of the day. But I think you're right that they will just start implementing goofy half-baked features that don't work well that just disappear six months later. Like I can absolutely imagine that. Yeah, like some kind of half-thought-out, like sort of complicated shit that doesn't work about like, oh, if you can't tour, you can stream your band in like a, in Fortnite, you know, like, and sell tickets, and then it'll it'll crash <laughs> or whatever, or no one, or it'll just look like shit, and no one will use it. Yeah, because the thing that's yeah. good about Bandcamp is that like, I mean. It's just like an independent. It's an independent record store, basically, and I think that's why, like, that's why like noise artists love it, you know. And they and they do do yeah. good coverage on stuff that's not commercial. Um, so yeah, that's true. Like their editorial content's really good. It's great. Um, it's really good. I think a a best case scenario would be Epic uh, just putting money into the user interface because there's like certain things that they could do better in terms of like creating more of either a community or even just like a simple way to discover artists that's more playlist oriented, I guess, without playing into like the Spotify kind of just like pay for play kind of shit. But I mean, sort of like genuinely like artist created playlist oriented type of stuff could be really interesting, right? Like having the infrastructure to do that would be cool, but who knows if they'll, they'll pull it out. No one knows what they're going to do, but it would be good if they adopted the YouTube, TikTok. Uh, user interface type thing where you just feed people shit over and over again. Like, <laughs> now you want to look at this. Look at this now. Look at this now. Like sending you to new artists. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. That actually. might actually be good there. Yeah. 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 It's not I a think bit. that's something that people generally enjoy and it would benefit independent artists like tremendously in a way that it never does on Spotify because that shit is so designed to just keep reinforcing the same artists who many of them were just paid just paid uh, to be on that or paid to be in that position to be recommended so often, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. I like, I'm really ambivalent now. Whereas at first I just assumed probably worse. I don't know. Like I still can't shake the feeling that it can't be good, but it just also might not be that bad either. <laughs> yeah. I, th- <laughs> no, I, I do think if they don't fuck with the payment sy- system, the only thing that will change is the, it will become more annoying to use. And it'll probably yeah. lose some of its uh, whatever brand identity that it's developed so far. Like, and and I mean identity in terms of like people's like the user interface, the way people interact with it. You know, kind of like everybody got used yeah. to the way Patreon works. You know, um, but yeah, <laughs> what they should do is they should put out a David Cronenberg esque uh, sort of flesh pod where you can play your Bandcamp songs off of, and then make it impossible to stream them off of any other device except your laptop. <laughs> yeah, and you can uh, change the volume on the bass, drums, or music. That's right. Actually, there should be a lo-fi slider for Bandcamp. You just make it sound shittier. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It, yeah. Bit Crusher. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Every one of those players comes with like the uh, whatever that plug is plugin is the RE twenty uh, space plugin. It's just like add dirt, add vinyl, add noise. Yeah. <laughs> oh, RC twenty, right? RC twenty. Yeah, yeah, RC twenty retro color. Yeah, that's it. Artificial vinyl crackling is one of the worst things to me. It just seems so dystopian. I guess <laughs> like the lo-fi beats to study to. Yeah. 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 It just yeah. feels so phony. It feels like a Thomas Kincaid painting. I think if you're going for that stuff, you have to go for like the really esoteric formats. Like there's a there's a Heinbach plugin called Wires that's like an old Soviet wire recorder. It's like modeled off this Soviet wire recorder he found and reconditioned. And that thing is great because, you know, I'm never going to buy a Soviet wire recorder and it makes everything sound amazing. Um, and very fucked up and weird, but little skips and pops on the vinyl. Yeah, it'd be funny to record like a like a really pristine prog uh, prog metal record and then run the whole thing through the uh, RC twenty. Yeah, just the vinyl. People need just to the decide. Part. People need to decide whether vinyl is a better sounding or if it's low fi Which one is it? Can it? I mean, the truth is, it's lower fi Yeah, like yeah, just objectively, it has bad low end response. And it just degrades over time. Like a lossless digital file is just objectively better in every way. It's called warmth, guys. Come on. It's, uh, yeah. 
I do think that's what people mean by warmth. It's just like mid-ranginess. Yeah. You can add that on the computer. Yeah, exactly. I'm not picky. I like it all. I'll put a record on. It'll crackle and pop. I'll be happy. Uh, I'll stream uh, like a Bulgarian cold wave cassette from YouTube on my phone speakers and I'll be happy with that. I'll put the phone in a beer glass to make it louder because the Bluetooth speaker is out of juice. You know, it doesn't make any yeah. difference to me. I'm just here for the oh, yeah, I'm totally. here for the notes, man. And I want as many notes as possible in every song. That's right. So I feel like it. Why like, does your phone have beer residue on all over it? I just <laughs> like the sound. It sounds warmer. It sounds warmer. It's, it's more authentic. Actually, it sounds colder, like a nice ice cold Miller Lite. <laughs> Dude, that's that Squire sounds like Miller to me. That'd be a good like critic kind of angle to take. Where if you if you um, had that guitar on the cover of your album. Critics would be so easily fooled into making that analogy in their reviews. They'd be like, like, this record is so ice cold, but it's also like kind of frothy and fun and refreshing. Uh, yeah. The lead single has a bold taste that finishes clean. <laughs> it always picks you up and never lets you down. I was delirious by the end of this album. My head was spinning. I had to lie <laughs> down. You really have to listen to all 10 cans. <laughs> That's right. At the end of the day, it's probably better that Epic Games bought Bandcamp than Miller Lite. But I'd like to see what Miller would do with Bandcamp too. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Miller could do some great things with Bandcamp. You could get downloads with every cold, refreshing can of Miller Lite. Um, there'd be more Miller Lite instrument branding, not just the Fender Squire. There'd you know, maybe you'd get the uh you know, like a nice an a boutique analog synth that just had a big Miller Lite logo stenciled on it and had a beer, yeah, just have like, had a they foam, introduce... foam setting instead of uh, the high pass filter. It just says foam. <laughs> the, uh, Maybe a flute like... that's, that's 10 cans stitched together. Oh yeah. Midi, midi uh, beer can flute. A drum... People would love that. Dude, a drum kit where you're playing giant beer cans. Yeah. A floor and tom keg, shaped like keg. a beer can. Oh, that so would be so cool. I think they could add like a proprietary kind of camel cash like uh, system to Bandcamp where you can redeem your points uh, for like a Miller Lite guitar or whatever and just get it shipped to you for free after you've wasted thousands of dollars on the the proprietary cash. Exactly. I finally have my Miller Lite guitar, but I've lost all the brain cells necessary to play it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had all the time in the world now. Yeah. <laughs> 